Color psychology, brand direction, and details, all of these elements influence what and how a designer designs. On this month's episode of Tower After Hours, we're sitting down with Kimmick and Allie from our design team to talk about good design, bad design, and how Pantone's color of the year helps us navigate that fine line. I think you're going to enjoy this one. Kimmick and Allie, thank you once again for joining me on Tower After Hours. This is our second time together on the podcast. Last time we chatted about the best and worst web design trends, Mm. I think. Yes. I'm pretty sure. Uh, It was fun. Thank you for coming back. We are not chatting about that today. Really, we're going to talk about Pantone's color of the year, what it means for the design world, if you guys pay attention to it, what you think about the color, the whole nine, diving in. So... The, the listeners know you at this point because I gave you all the beautiful introductions last time, <laughs> so I think we can just dive straight in. I'm looking at Barry Perry right now, which is Pantone's color of the year for 2022. Also, to the untrained eye, it's, it's like a, a purple. Yes. A light purple. Um, let's just go off the bat, and Kimmick or Ali, whoever wants to take the reins can go, but what do you think about uh, this color? Um Let's just start there. Who I know, I know. Like for me personally, I don't think this is a very original one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, mm. It's almost identical to their 2008 color of the year, which was blue iris, and it is down to only being a couple of Pantone numbers off, which means that like the mixture is generally identical for the most part. Um, so it's not the first time that we've seen a color like this in the trend history, but I think it is also interesting because we are starting to see kind of the younger generations pulling towards the early 2000s trends again as well in like fashion and Mm -hmm. just all around overall looks, music, aesthetic. And so I do think it's kind of interesting that Pantone is also following that. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't even put two and two together there. But yeah, I mean, the 90s and there was huge, early 2000s, uh, the whole thing. Stop, the way everybody's dressing, the music, like you said. We have the angsty punk back, kind of, and we have the like baggy jeans back. But in the design world, it's also following suit, kind of. That's a good point. Because it is very close to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Kimmick, what do you think about it? It just, I agree with Ali. And this color always strikes me as the safe person's idea of a risky color. Um, (laughs) Because it's not, you know, it's not your standard corporate blue. It's not your standard, like, uh, nonprofit orange is what I like to call it. It's that nice warm orange color that you see all the time with, like, you know, charities and things like that, community foundations. Um, It's that weird middle ground, but it's also, like... Like, FedEx has a great purple. It's a risky purple. This is the uh, playing it safe purple. Um, It also strikes me as that social media purple. Like, this is, like, if you were going to launch Facebook in 2022, this is the color it would be. It wouldn't be blue. It would be this purple. And it just has that almost, like, medicinal feeling to it where it's just, like, it's calming. Mm -hmm. It's a calming purple. Um, I think they even call it out where it's, like, it's an interesting blend between a cool blue, but with a little bit of like 
warm magenta in it. Um, which in the design yeah. world is like saying, I couldn't make a decision. I didn't know if I wanted cool or warm, so I went with purple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, too, on the on uh, Pantone.com, the executive director of the Pantone Color Institute mm-hmm. says, as we move into a world of unprecedented change, the selection of, you know, and then they name the color vis-a-vis very Perry, uh, brings a novel perspective and a vision of the trusted and beloved blue color family. But it does seem like that. It's the calming mm-hmm. You know, it says it displays a joyous attitude with a dynamic presence. It's like, yeah, the world is wild. So here's a safe color. Right. Maybe. At least that's in part. Yeah, I also it think also, it was kind of yeah. interesting that you said, like, the corporate vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, if corporate went risky. Because the last two years' colors were actually pretty corporate and pretty safe, in my opinion. And I wonder if that also has anything to do with, like, the global climate and not wanting to push any more limits than necessary because Mm. before that we had living coral and that color in my opinion is a pretty great color i know a lot of companies were using that color as inspiration like google released a google home in that color um a lot of other like cell phone companies were releasing Mm -hmm. accessories in those colors Uh, so I know that those were like really bold and fun. And then right after that, we started getting these really corporate, cold, almost feeling colors. And so I do think they're trying to kind of like warm it up a little bit in a sense, but still keep it safe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What's with 2020's classic blue? I mean, I just fine. It's just like, (laughs) it came out so standard, but I was surprised going back at honestly, and also, I don't know if you guys can speak to why we got two colors in 2021. Did they just think that we, like, deserve because of the year? But, like, the yellow and the gray, I get their sort of rationale behind, like, what it was like the, the fortitude of the gray with the sort of, you know, uh, the bright. I think it's called illuminating is that mm-hmm. yellow. So it's like that, that combo. But uh, I agree with you, Ali. The living coral, I thought, is like a beautiful color. Um, but these are... I would probably agree. Not my favorite, but obviously I'm much less well-versed in this world than you guys are. We have had one other year where we had Mm -hmm. two colors chosen, and that was back in 2016 with Rose Quartz and Serenity. And to be honest, like out of the two years they gave us two colors, 2016 I prefer much more. Because even though they are muted colors, I do think they're a lot more bold in the grand scheme of things when put into photography or fashion or just devices mm. and technology in general. Like I think that they, you can run a lot further with those colors right. and make them a lot more exciting than you can gray and highlighter yeah. yellow. Right. That's a great point. And, I think- and that Serenity's like, sorry, give me, that Serenity's just for, you know, listening. Was that like a, is like a light, it's maybe like a light blue and the rose quartz of rose, right? Like a light yeah. mm-hmm. type deal. Yeah. Pale pink, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think like a big thing too when they do the two colors, it's like that rose quartz, that pale pinkish color, and that serenity, that pale bluish color from 2016 when they doubled up. Like those would be kind of hard to use by themselves. Same with the 2021's ultimate mm-hmm. gray and illuminating yellow. Like if it would have just been gray, it would have been like oh. But I think they when they do the two colors, I think it's usually when a single color they chose isn't maybe strong enough or needs that pairing to really be dramatic. Um, at least that's that's my thought into it. Um, it could also be that just maybe the the votes were split at Pantone's corporate office that 
nobody could decide on a single color. She was like, let's do both. <laughs> um, so question, what drives the sort of choice for Pantone's color of the year? Like Ali, you had mentioned kind of the early 2000s aesthetic that's going on kind of in pop culture as a whole. Is it more like Pantone kind of responds to some of those mm-hmm. like vibes and aesthetics and is like, hey, this is what we're going to do? Or, and it might be kind of um, symbiotic, I guess, but like, uh, or is it kind of Pantone puts something out and then the, you know, the world follows suit? I will say with this, and maybe I'm off about this, but when I was looking at the examples of the ultimate gray and the illuminating yellow, um, on Pantone's site, they have kind of just like, you know, imagery of like how you can use it, I guess, or something like that. And I was like, I feel like I've seen this. As, I saw that aesthetic at like Target's home section or something in 2020 or 2021 a lot. Like the whole like zebra type feel with mm-hmm. yellow. That was definitely something I, I was like, oh, I saw that a lot actually. So. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, so- sorry. Take it away. <laughs> I, I was just going to say they, they take into account like everything from like fashion and marketing and social media, even like all the way to politics. They take all of it and they kind of like look at how all of it's affecting society and then they bundle it all up and they decide what color can like best represent that mood in a way. And I do think that kind of correlates to why we saw really more corporate and muted colors back in 2020 and 2021 because those were more somber times. Like, I know we're still in this pandemic, but, like, that was when it was very unknown and they really didn't want to, like, throw out, like, a lime green because that wouldn't match the whole vibe of the world at that moment. Interesting. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's interesting to see these because I feel like they're more of a what were the last six months like leading up to January Mm -hmm. and what do we want the next year to be like? So they're almost like this like sort of uh, astrology, like looking forward, but acknowledging the present. Um, I think it is interesting, like to expand on what Ali had said, you know, we had these like somber things last year. It was like this gray with this bright yellow where it's like, Hey, we're in these gray times, but we're finding the bright parts of it. And I think like this purple Mm -hmm. really speaks to like this. We're, we're getting back to business but it's not corporate blue. We're getting back to business, but things are different. Like we're acknowledging that change and like it's a purple. Is it going to go warm or is it going to go cold? It's kind of like we're in this transitional phase where like a lot of things are, you know, sort of up in the air right now. But it's like what will this year lead to? And I think that purple kind of captures it well. Um, might not be my favorite color, but I think it is like an apt description of the times, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it will be interesting too just to see like will next year go cold or are we going to go bright and colorful? Like it's just, it's just that purple is that perfect in between. Yeah. My untrained eye honestly looked at it and was like, it feels like a color swatch type. Like if I was painting my house, mm-hmm. maybe that's way off for what the color is, but I was like this purple, you know what? I could do a, a fun room. I think it's like this. You can put it on, put it on the wall. What's dangerous about the Pantones of the year. Like even if you don't love the color that they picked, they're very good at picking a color that's versatile and you're like, yeah, that'll work. Like I'll try that out. Um, but yeah. you know, speaking to it being a trend might not look that good next year. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. this brings me to, to one thing I wanted to ask you both. So as designers working on, you know, a, a pretty large array of, you know, types of clients, when the, the color comes out, like, do you 
Now, I know you're also working with uh, current brands. Right. So if somebody has like a color scheme already, you know, you can't maybe deviate from it too much. But like, how much do you guys take this into account, like with your own work slash do you at all? And maybe you do in your personal life too. I, I don't know. Like, it's just kind of a broad question there, but I feel like it's worth exploring. One of the, the key things that we as designers always strive to do, we might have even talked about this when we were talking about internet trends, is you need to make sure your stuff is timeless because you might work on a brand that isn't going to get updated for five, maybe even 10 years. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, that usually means not doing the Pantone color of the year. Because um, as the name says, it's for this year. Next year, there's going to be a new one. And you know, if you make a logo that's or a brand or anything that's in that color of the year, it's immediately going to date itself. Because they'll be like, oh, yeah, that was Pantone's color of the year 10 years ago. Um, so I would say we usually avoid it um, when making longer lasting things. If we're doing like something simpler, something, you know, if there's an event or there's a party or maybe we're doing some sort of branding for, you know, something one off or maybe even just a product that we know is only going to be out for a year. Yeah, it's something to mm -hmm. consider for sure. Um, but in general, you know, you try and stay away from those sort of quick trends. Um, I would say it does definitely lend itself more towards fashion. Um towards home decor, towards those things that you do update maybe on a regular basis or semi-regular. Um, but usually those longer lasting branding projects um, or even websites to an extent, you tend to go with more timeless is what we call it. But honestly, it's just an extension of, you know, safe or proven um, as opposed to the sort of like the trendy and on point things. Um, unless you have a cool website that you're able to update every year, then definitely. <laughs> Yeah, the fashion and the fashion and furnishings like aspect of it makes sense. I mean, especially with fashion when it can mm -hmm. move rather quickly. But the furnishing furnishings thing as well, because I mean, some people maybe at a certain point in your life you're updating your home like a little bit mm -hmm. less. But I mean, speaking to like my place, I know like uh, three years ago we had a not drastically different, but a different aesthetic to like the way my wife and I's like place looked. And the aesthetic's different now. And, you know, that's, that's you know, three years is not three months, but it's not 10 years like you might have to do with a, a client's website or a client's mm -hmm. logo or something. Right. So it does make a little bit more sense in that context. Yeah, I know, like, it also extends into the sports industry, too, because I know um, Globe, which they make skateboards, uh, they released a Pantone Color of the Year deck yeah. pack last year which in my opinion i thought that was like the worst year to possibly release <laughs> one because you're basically buying a gray right. and a yellow skateboard <laughs> um but they added one this year and now you can buy it in like a trio so i think like for them if they keep up that trend and continue to add each year's color in it's going to end up being more of like a collectible thing rather than just like a one-off this is one year we made a pantone skateboard and so you do kind of get those companies that kind of ride on the Pantone color of the year and they do make it yearly and it becomes more of a, an object to display rather than use every day. Right. Yeah. I think it is interesting too, just to see all the Pantone themed products that come out. Um, because obviously mm -hmm. like there's a lot of people use it, you know, not legally, but you know, you'll see the Pantone mugs, you'll see the Pantone sticky notes um, of course, not officially sticky note branded, 
um, you'll see Pantone notebooks, Pantone everything. And I think that's just really interesting that, you know, that Pantone's so influential in the design world that, mm-hmm. like, literally people just make products that look like the little swatches. Yeah, one thing I didn't realize either really before uh, you all had mentioned this topic to me and for the podcast is, um, like, uh, guitars will, like, uh, Fender Stratocaster will take Pantone's color, color of the year into consideration sometimes as well mm-hmm. and, like, kind of put out a guitar with that. So, you know, you mentioned, Ali, it extends into the the sports world and the music world as well. And I'm like, oh, I didn't. But now looking back, I was like, oh, yeah, these sort of classic looking colors, like that classic blue, I kind of remember being mm-hmm. one. And that's where it comes from. They weren't kind of just making it up themselves. They're kind of just responding to that color that came out. Didn't know that before. But I'm like, oh, that is interesting that it does kind of affect and that's very product based as well. Like you could even be somebody if that was your thing where you're like, I have all of the Pantone color strats, <laughs> right? you know? But, yeah. I know Kimmich has said this in a previous podcast, but every single trend is a response to a previous trend. So that's mm-hmm. really where all these colors are coming from in a way. It's just a response to what society is asking for. Right. Yeah. Which just kind of explains the cyclical nature of it and why we're probably going to end up in, like, last, you know, last time we had a purple, we ended up in the living coral. And before that, um, we had, oh, of course that's, so we had that living coral um, after the last purple we had, which was the ultraviolet. And in 2014, we had this orchid color, which again was like this purpley color. And we went to Marsala, which is this warmer color and it seems to be that the trend usually is going in from like that purples into something warm um because it's a nice primer even in 2001 there was the fuchsia rose going into true red um so more than likely we're going to get something with some red undertones um and then again just kind of keep repeating that cycle which is just interesting yeah another interesting thing is some uh company i'm not exactly sure who it is um I will post it in this podcast description, though. But released uh, or or does I think on a consistent basis, like when the, each new co- color comes out, like an audio sample pack with music that is supposed to, like, mm. resemble the color of the year. Which I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. They they say it provides a multi sensory experience. So I guess oh. you could like look at the color and then listen to the music of the color. Interesting. But uh, I like that. I was like, that's pretty pretty interesting especially if like somebody had like you know, like synesthesia which is like where you listen to music and like the chords produce colors in your mm-hmm. mind if they nailed that or somebody was on the team to do that that would be extra like if your music was the color blue that would be extra props to you but i don't know impressive so um another question here just looking at colors so pantone's color of the years do you, Ali, you kind of mentioned maybe like one of your favorites. When you're looking at maybe the past decade of colors, do you have one or two, maybe mm-hmm. a top three that you're like, Ooh. these are my favorite? Ooh. For me, it has to be like 2019 and 2016. Not together, but like. Okay. Yeah. But like if I were to separate those two years, I like those. Um, so that would be the living coral with the... Yep. And the rose quartz Serenity. and serenity. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think, I think they're kind of like fun, bright, vibrant. You can do a lot of things with them. They're not 
very corporate, but you can still make them look really professional. So I, is, I think those are pretty fun. Is that something, Ali, that you like uh, have incorporated into your <laughs> own aesthetic somehow? Or are you just like, you know what, I just kind of like those colors. Honestly, it's hilarious because most of my house is painted black yeah. and like dark. <laughs> That's what green. I was hinting at. I knew that. You I'm had like, a lot of black. like my my basement. I think is is like a charcoal gray. It's called like black pepper, or speckled pepper, or something like that. And then my living room is like black evergreen. So I would say no. I don't think anything <laughs> in my house actually matches that style. And most of my furniture is very industrial uh, style, very much mm. like wooden finished wood with metal and like grates and gritty stuff everywhere so it's kind of interesting I uh I've always said that I like a lot of styles but like they have to be done well and I knew like in this house we couldn't do anything that was super bright and funky like those colors because it just wouldn't go with the aesthetic of our house I think that's sort of a common trend among designers too, is we have a huge appreciation for a lot of colors. But I mean, mm -hmm. if, if you could see us right now, both Allie and myself are both wearing black. Um, I would have to make a strong guess that she's probably wearing olive green pants as I am. Um, I am indeed. Yes, so <laughs> we, uh, you know, you, that's so it's, it's called like the designer uniform. Um, it's just like, once you have all these colors, like, well, the problem is, is I love hot pink and I love yellow, and I love forest green. You can't wear that, so you end up just going with blacks. Yeah. Um, Wait, that is so funny because I have a friend who's a designer as well, and he only wears, like, black. Yeah, I mean, it's or yeah. black it's the safest yeah, option. And I didn't – yeah, I didn't think about that until now, but he's – like, he, he wants to go, like, minimalist type thing too where that's, like, mm -hmm. kind of all he has. But that's mm -hmm. what he's worn for a while at yeah. this point. Funny, yeah, I think I definitely agree with Ali on the Living Coral uh, for 2019. I just think that color ushered in a lot of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Like you had mentioned, Google Home had released the Living Coral thing. And like it was the first time in a while where technology just wasn't black or white, which of course coming from that whole statement mm -hmm. of loving everything yeah. black. But it was just nice because like it felt more human. It felt more warm. Um, and that at Living Coral sort of ushered in this idea of like technology not being a gray box that you hide. Um, which again is crazy because back in like 2000, I'm going to get this date wrong, but like 2000, early 2000s, uh, when Apple released the iMacs and they were all colorful, like beautiful things. Um, it's like coming back to that and being like, yeah, like I have a cool looking computer. It sits in the middle of my living room, which of course with everybody working from home, you kind of need that. Um, yeah. but the other one I think would probably be my all time favorite of their choice was 2009's Mimosa which is like this sort of dusty yellow. Um, I'm overtly like in love What's with that? yellow. Um, it's a great color. I love this one because it has that almost like vintagey look um, that goes into like the 60s and 70s, that like sort of Bakelite yeah, yeah. Uh, yellow color. Um, I have a couple of vintage TVs and weird things like that in that color, and I just I love it. It's a great color. Um, it also stands by itself really nicely. Um, it's interesting because I feel like it goes relatively well with Living Coral um, if you had them together. It has a lot of depth to it. Yeah, it's just – it's a nice – it's not like a – yellows can easily like – I mean, caution signs are in yellow for a reason. They're very <laughs> jarring and they really grab your attention. But I just love its dusty nature and like being almost grayish yellow. Um, it just feels right to me. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that is a nice one. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. I would have never thought about the sort of, I mean, I guess to go back to, and we spoke about this actually, I think in the last podcast, but kind of the psychology behind design and colors. There's a lot of thought that goes into why you're choosing what color. Mm-hmm. Um, so to wrap up this episode, um, when you both are designing anything, but even maybe like, let's think of clients and maybe you are uh, boxed into sort of their existing <laughs> brand design and color scheme. One, I guess the first question is, do you have play with that? So for instance, maybe they're a yellow and you know, whatever, a yellow and a gray. Do you have play with kind of the, the hue or you know, degree of that yellow and gray? Cause you know, so like maybe they were stop sign yellow and you're like, let's bring it back mm-hmm. down to maybe a more illuminating yellow. Um, so maybe that's the first question. How much as designers can you, uh, or do you sort of have play in the joints there? And then also, um, how much do you keep that in mind maybe for like knowing who that business's target audience is or like what they're trying to achieve? Cause I think from the content perspective, right? I'm always thinking, okay, what's the audience here? That's kind of how I'm crafting right. content from the design perspective. Maybe what's that look like for both of you? Yeah. Color. I mean, color is so key to brand recognition. Um, like if McDonald's changed their yellow, you would not think McDonald's. Um, so usually when we're working with an existing brand, we do not stray from the colors. Um, unless of course ADA compliance, you know, obviously if something's meeting a contrast need and literally somebody wouldn't be able to read it, we'll offer solutions. But usually if we're going to change color, it's either adding more white or adding more black. So it's a hue or shade of it. We won't mess with the mix. So, you know, for those of you who are not well-versed in color, on screen, colors are made of RGB, red, green, blue. You can make it more red. You can make it more green. You can make it more blue. Um, but what we'll tend to do is just keep it with the black or white because then you're still having – it's the same color. It's just darker or lighter. Um, but, yeah, like I said, you need to retain that – recognize the uh, – can't speak. You need to contain the ability to recognize it quickly so you know what you're looking at and so you know that you are within this sort of brand environment. So, yeah, we usually – don't mess with the colors, unless, of course, we get to redesign everything, but that's not always the case, um, unfortunately. But um, a trick that we use a lot is, like, your brand color might be bright orange, and maybe it's not a great orange. So we'll sort of play around with how much is it used. Um, mm. I know a trick that we use often um, that could really help is you have bright orange as your color, we're going to make your website mostly white and there's going to be accents of orange. It makes that orange feel more yeah. exotic. And oddly enough, you know, if you look at a page that is 100% orange, that orange sort of just becomes background noise. But if you have a page that's yeah. all white and the call to action button to sign up now is bright orange on a white page, you're going to notice it more. And you're actually going to remember that color more than just a flood of color. Um, so that's, that's a big trick that we do. Cause a lot of times, you know, you'll get like these things where it's like, Hey, we're working with this brand. We can't really change much because you know, who knows, maybe they have a warehouse of t-shirts. They just spent $2 million on that are all in the brand colors. <laughs> Obviously we can't change that. Um, but we can play with the amount of that color that shows up in our designs. I think that's one of the biggest, biggest sort of tools that we can use, um, is just sort of playing with that. Um, another trick that we use is introducing another color. You know, you might have this color that just doesn't work well, but if you pair it up with the perfect match that sort of sets it off, it's just an addition. 
but it still has that you know original color in there and that could be a good way to sort of better utilize existing colors um and gives you a bigger toolbox to use in the future but yeah. um yeah like you said and like we had mentioned previously color is such like a huge part of brand and perception and just sets you up immediately what you're gonna you know what you're what we should expect when you're looking at a brand you know if you want to whole foods and it wasn't green you'd be like what is this i don't know what i'm looking at like i need that green to know that it's all natural um and you know other brands kind of follow that same thing it is a good point i guess the color is like the first thing you see yeah because you don't have to read it it's not words it's not a picture you have to interpret it's just it's straight to eye right to your brain it's like almost as strong as smell yeah exactly there's much less processing involved it's just hits you right away definitely say color color gives you a more emotional response um just like it's so interesting because it is just you know interpretation you know your brain doesn't have to read it there's no words there's no meaning there's no like photo that you have to interpret what's going on it's just color and it's there and it goes straight to your brain and i think it's why it has such a huge impact on everything i mean it's, it's it's such a huge i mean that's a huge portion of everything like you know you think about your clothing what color are you going to wear you think about what color phone you're going to get what color car and like the difference between getting like a brown car what does that mean about you as a person versus a red car um it could be the exact same car but it's just that different color it's just it's it's so powerful it's such a unique tool to use yeah absolutely well um Thank you so much, both of you. This was wonderful. It was once again very informative to me. Um, I just have to say, who knew the the designers would chat? So much? <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I always come away going, oh, I learned a lot from that one. And it was easy. Um, yeah. So thank you both so much for taking the time talking about Pantone's color of the year. Thank you all for listening. Whatever platform you are listening on, be sure to like and subscribe. Whether it's SoundCloud. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. If you're on towermarketing.net and you want to reach out, feel free to shoot us a message. Uh, Thank you once again for listening. Until next time.